Good morning, everyone. Hope all is well with the family of God. You know, I've been thinking about this verse for the last two, three days. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. We are very thankful that we can share the word of God on this beautiful Sunday morning. And the subject of my message today is, does Christ live in your house? A man came home from work at the end of the day. He was met by his wife who said to him, the new minister in town came here today and he asked a question I couldn't answer. What did he ask? He asked, well, she said to him, he said, the minister said, does Jesus live here? And what did you say? Her husband asked. I didn't know what to say, she answered. Well, couldn't you tell him that we are respectable people? But she said that he did not ask me that question. Well, didn't you tell him we go to church when we feel like it? But he didn't ask me that either, was her reply. Then, you could have told him that we read the Bible uh, sometimes, he added. But he didn't ask me that. What he asked me was, does Jesus Christ live here? What a question. What a question. Does Jesus Christ live here? And when he lives in our homes, I can tell you what a difference he makes. Jesus Christ in his days on earth kept a busy schedule. We find him moving where he need, when the need is, having compassion on all who came to him for healing, and going from place to place. In the morning, he went to the synagogue and he taught and healed a demoniac that day. In the afternoon, he went to Peter's house where he healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Then in the evening, he went out to the streets of Capernaum where a number of people were brought to him and he healed them. Quite a busy day for our Lord. In Peter's house, there was a need. And Jesus never turns away from needy people. Let's read a couple, three verses in Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 31. And immediately after they had come out of the synagogue, the Lord followed by many people there, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever, and immediately they spoke to him about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. 
Let's say a word of prayer. Our Father, we are thankful this very morning that you have sustained your people until this moment. We know we have been through a lot from this coronavirus, and but you have sustained us, you have protected us, you have blessed us, and we are very thankful to be able to give the word of God and to share it with the people. May we ask you to bless it to our hearts. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. From these verses that we read today, we can see what happens when Christ comes into a home. I have three words to share with you today. When Jesus comes into into the home, and I hope he is in every home, not in one room or two rooms, he is occupying all the house. And if you have given him, word, if you have given him all the keys except one, you better give him all the keys and with no exceptions. He needs to be the head of the household. And when he is the head, when he is all in all, when he has all the keys, this is what happens. First thing, there is healing. Peter, Peter's mother-in-law was down with a burning fever. And who did Peter go to? Immediately, he spoke to Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, my mother-in-law is sick. And you know, don't you think that was the right thing to do? In our day and age, we call the doctor, which is right. But we should pray that the Lord may direct the doctor, direct his hands and mind, so he can give us the right medicine. And I pray all the time. I say, Lord, I'm going to call the doctor or go to the doctor. Help him to prescribe the right medication. And here, Peter went straight to the right doctor. And that was the right thing to do. I may ask you a question this morning. Do you tell Jesus of members of your family who are especially in need of him? The cure for Peter's mother-in-law was instant, was complete. Praise God. Jesus never turns away from needy people. There was no convalescence. No take it easy for a few days. When he touched her, she just got up. He did not tell her, restrict your diet, as we hear from the doctors. Eat some soup, take a couple of Tylenol before you go to bed. No, none of that, for he is the only universal doctor, and the medicine he gives is the only cure for all diseases. She at once began to serve her guests. This tells us a lot about this woman, who had a great loving heart filled with gratitude. 
You know, gratitude brings service, and service proves healing. Someone said, healing takes three forms. One, gratitude in the heart. Two, expression in words. And three, it proves that the healing has been done and something to give in return. Don't you think she was serving the Lord and the guests that came with him and the new disciples joyfully and most probably humming some hymn that she has learned in her heart? And if you were healed from a dangerous fever like like this woman, wouldn't you be singing? Wouldn't be thankful? Wouldn't you be filled with the gratitude? The question, who needs healing? Does your home need more love or appreciation or understanding or acceptance? Is there a problem between the family members? Do you have a crisis in your household? Oh, how many homes that need Jesus. How many young people in need of his touch and guidance today? How many broken, how many broken lives in need of healing? How many broken marriages need to be repaired? Oh, how many souls, how many souls living in distress and have nowhere to go? They're bound by Satan and sin and have nothing and have nothing to go, nobody to go to at all. They want to be free, but they can't find anyone to help them. I say this morning, come to Jesus. He can bring healing. His healing power of all wounds, and he can restore several several relationships with his healing power. Yes, when Jesus is in your home, he makes all the difference. Would you open your heart? Would you open the doors of your home, of your life, and let him come in this morning? Not only healing, my second word is, there is hope. Our world today needs hope. We do not really know how sick this woman was. Luke, the physician, indicated that she had high fever. It could have been severe, and her life may have been in danger of dying. And some, I made some checking, and some theologians think it was a deadly fever of uh, typhus. But when Christ came, typhus or no typhus, there was hope. She jumped out of bed and started waiting on her Savior. We all need hope. And who brings hope to this hopeless world? Not None but Jesus Christ. The blind, the lame, the leper, the men and women of unclean spirits, he gave them hope. Hope to live and go back to their normal life, to the wayward and the adulteress. He gave hope and a new life 
And that woman was standing to be stoned. He gave her a new beginning and he told her, go and sin no more. The hopelessness of unforgiving sin. Jesus brings forgiveness. And with it hope and a pure and dedicated life. To the hopelessness of habits, drugs, alcoholism, pornography, and all other sins, Christ brings the power to overcome, and with that, hope for a better future. To shattered lives and broken relationships, he gives hope for a new beginning. He is the God of second chance, as we know, and this short poem says it all. There was never a night without a day, nor an evening without a morning. And the darkest hour, as the proverb goes, is the hour before the dawning. Abraham hoped, and the Bible says in Romans 4.18, in hope against hope, he believed. He was 96 years old. And hope in God does not disappoint at all. In Romans 5.5, it says our hope is a reality, not a dream that never comes true. We have the assurance of his promise. In Hebrews 6.18 and 19, we read, We who have fled for the refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. Oh, to a home where love seems lost. All is now strife and bitterness rather than rest and tenderness. Christ brings love and reconciliation. And with that, hope and peace. Does Jesus live in your home? To the millions of Christians who are living by hope, the hope of his return, cling to his promise. Jesus is coming soon and we shall see him face to face. Do not lose hope. He's coming around the corner. The reality of his return has never been so evident and closer than ever. And I assure you, brothers and sisters, soon, soon and very soon we shall see him. He said, I am coming. The hymn writer Fanny Crosby wrote more than 6,000 gospel songs. She was blinded at the age of six weeks. And when she grew up, was never bitter about it. One of her hymns was so personal that for years she kept it herself. One day at a Bible conference in Northfield, Mass., Miss Crosby was asked to give her personal testimony. At first she hesitated, then quietly rose and said, There's a hymn I have written which has never been published. I call this hymn, I call it 
my soul's poem. Sometimes when I am troubled, I repeat it to myself, for it brings comfort and hope to my heart. She then recited while many of the congregation wept. Someday the silver cord will break, and I no more, as now shall sing. But all oh, the joy when I shall wake within the palace of the king, and I shall see him face to face and tell the story, save by grace. Hope carried her through until she got there, and there her blind eyes were no more blind, and opened them and she could see her Savior. At the age of 95, she passed into glory and saw the face of Jesus. That's the sure hope of every child of God. Hope in Christ, I tell you, does not disappoint. When Jesus comes into your house, he brings healing and he brings hope. And my last word, third word is, he brings happiness. He brings happiness. Where is happiness nowadays? Oh, we look around us. People are not smiling. People are sad. People are confused. People don't know what to do. We have a big dilemma in our hands. And the solution, we don't know when. But we know that God is in control. And he knows when. Where is happiness? It's not in unbelief. Voltaire was an infidel, the most pronounced type. He wrote, I wish I had never been born. Not in pleasure. Lord Byron of his days lived a life of pleasure, if anyone did. He wrote, the worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. Not in money. Many people think it's in money. Uh, Jay Gould, the American millionaire, had plenty of that. When dying, he said, I suppose I'm the most miserable man on earth. Not in military glory. You know about Alexander the Great. He conquered the known world at that time. Having done so, he wept in his tent because he said there are no more worlds to conquer. Where then is happiness? Where then is happiness? Many think by being rich and having money. You meet them and you hear about them every day. They think by having so much money, being rich, they will be the happiest people on earth. I would like to tell them the answer is very simple. Happiness is in Christ alone. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote many epistles and always, always 
with a joyful spirit. And when he, he was writing to the Philippians, he, uh, he tells them, be content with what you have. Excuse me. Uh, th- this is the writer to the Hebrews. He said to the Hebrews, be content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor I ever forsake you. That's in Hebrews 13.5. Where is happiness? He was in jail all the time, most of the time. And he wrote these epistles. And he wrote to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Hey, Paul, you're in a misery there. And you're rejoicing. And he says, oh, oh, in Philippians 4, 12 and 13, I know how to get along with humble means. And I know, also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wouldn't you say, if you hear this, we'd say, this is a happy man. Yes, he had Christ with him. And you know, I made some notes here when I read this long time ago in my Bible. And this is the note I made. When God dwells within the heart, he becomes the power, purity, victory, and joy. He had the joy of the Lord. He did not look at his circumstances. He did not look at his, at his poor misery all around him. He did not look whether he was hungry or he had food. He had the joy of the Holy Spirit in his heart. And he says, I have this joy no one can take away from me. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. This is where happiness is. And when Jesus entered the house, and when Jesus healed this woman, don't you think she was happy? Don't you think she was happy? I'm sure. I said she was humming a hymn. Maybe she was humming more than one hymn. She was, she was serving with a smile. She was serving with all her heart because the Lord brought joy and hope to her life. And she was alive alive again. Aren't you happy because the Lord has risen you with him? Aren't you happy because the Lord has saved your life? This is true happiness, to be a Christian and live a Christian life. Aren't you happy having him walk with you day and night? Aren't you happy? In any circumstance, and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of happiness. Let's not look around us. Let's not focus on what's happening now and what's going to happen tomorrow. Now we'll be gone late in the day. And tomorrow is not for you and me. And I pray with all my heart that we will all hear the sound and we will go home altogether.
It's in his hands. And let's say with the Apostle Paul, I have true happiness because Jesus is in my heart. When he is in the house, when he takes charge of the house, he takes charge of everything. And he will give healing. Healing of relationships, healing of illnesses, healing of many things that we go through. He gives hope. And thank God for the hope that we have. And then he gives true happiness. There is happiness in the presence of the Lord. In his presence, as I said, we have these three things. Let's not forget them. And all these three things, healing, hope, and happiness, are yours when Jesus lives in your house. I hope each and every house takes the keys, takes the keys and say, Lord, take over our lives. Take over our home. Take over everything. We cannot manage it the way you manage it and give him the management of your house and you will see that you are the happiest person will be in the world. Amen. May God help us to abide by his word. May God bless his word to our hearts. Shall we say a prayer before we end the meeting? Our Father, we are thankful for your word. It's delivered, Lord, in humbleness. May it go to many hearts. May it work in our lives. May it give fruits and help us, Lord, not to keep anything away from you, but to open our hearts, our homes, our lives to you. Take charge, Lord, and help us, especially during these difficult times. And we know very well, those who take you as a refuge will never be disappointed. Be with us for the rest of the day. Visit the families and comfort and encourage and bless. Bless your word. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. We ask. Amen.